0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. We're recording live from PLA 2016 Conference in Denver. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association. And my guests today are Mick Jacobson, Learning Experiences Manager at Skokie Public Library, and Amy Holcomb, Experiential Learning Coordinator at
1: Skokie Public Library. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about the Skokie Public
1: Library? We are a medium-sized library just north of Chicago. Skokie is a about 65,000, borders the north side of Chicago. It's an incredibly diverse community. We think over 90 languages spoken, and uh, lots of different communities live there. The library itself is relatively big. It's over 130,000 square feet, and we've got a budget of about $11.5 million.
0: And you're here to tell us today about the Boombox which is, I gather, a sort of makerspace STEM.
2: We're referring to it as the boombox, which is more of a connected learning lab where we're focusing on STEAM topics uh, that change out, like museum rotations, every four months. It is largely hands-on facilitated learning. We do have staff in the space when we're open largely drop-in hours ranging anywhere from 16 to 22, depending on the the rotation at the time. And we also do classes related to it, and it's for everyone. So K and UP are welcome into the space at different times. We do separate by grade usually, and that's more for a social experience as well. In the first year, we explored fabrication, which was more of your makerspace space like Experience. So we had rapid prototyping happening with 3D printers, a vinyl cutter, um, collectively referred to as our color bots. So that was a watercolor bot, an egg bot produced by evil mad scientists using that type of equipment. And then from there, we went to big and small, which was more concept based, where we were looking at really, really big things like the universe and really, really small things like what was growing in petri dishes that we incubated in the space. From there, we moved on to the Bloom Box, focusing on gardening, botany, and ecology, having an actual garden on site, planting in the space, having vermin composting bins, and um, aquaponics, where we talked about closed-loop systems. And then we finished our first year with textiles, where we had sewing machines, an embroidery machine, um, and lots and lots and lots of learning through doing.
0: So what are the components? When you pick a topic, then you decide, okay, so we're going to... Within the space... It's largely
2: drop-in, self-directed learning, where we provide the tools and inspiration. We ask a lot of questions. What do you want to do today? Um, What are you thinking? Do you want to help me try this out to get participation? But then we kind of step back and let the learner decide their pathway. We also look at other spaces in the library, including our collections, to help extend that learning experience. And that is largely for the drop-in. Each rotation will also have classes where we're breaking down either family, which is generally K through 5, with adults. Um, we now have preschool programming and early elementary under the purview of the boom box, and 3rd through 5th grade, 6th through 8th grade, and then adults, which include high school students. So those will be staff-led experiences where you're either fulfilling following through on an experiment like extracting DNA or it's challenge-based or it's more of a design thinking model. And those will happen in different spaces throughout the library.
0: So what has been the most popular experience for adults so far?
2: It was textiles.
0: That was our
2: most visited rotation during drop-in hours. Extremely well-attended programs and classes and People loved it, and they were working together. And that's where we really saw how the boombox was helping create community and more of a multi-generational experience for mm-hmm. our learners, where they're talking to each other, sharing their stories, sharing expertise, even if it was just newly founded expertise. And they were making together. What and were they making? Oh, we yeah. A lot of pillows. We made nice. a lot of pillows that time, mm-hmm. uh, but also using our embroidery machine to customize your own clothing or bags. We had. One adult patron in particular who used all donated fabric scraps to design and then make a travel bag that fit her passport and cell phone. So she could travel. She's going to Spain. And she shared that story with us, too. So they come back and say, hey, I used it for this. And that, I think, is one of the more um, meaningful interactions where you hear how they used what they learned in the space or what they made in the space, um, and then they come back to do some more.
1: Something else adults have really been keen on is um, our MOOCs. Um, We've been teaching classes using MOOCs such as astrobiology. Mm -hmm. We had a couple interns come and teach a class on astrobiology. They knew nothing about astrobiology, but patrons were very interested and they came and they would watch a Scottish professor, which is always good to have somebody with a a nice accent do it, Mm -hmm. and um, learn about astrobiology, or we've had other ones on the gut biome and other topics, so oh, those have been interesting. very interesting. More hard science things where people come together and create community, like Amy was saying.
0: As far as the children's experiences, what do you think? What was the number one they're really like they're the all Z- very popular. They're like
1: the Z space, we
0: yeah,
1: it's a three dimensional uh, 3D computer. Um, you put goggles on, oh, you have like a pointy device, mm-hmm. and you can pull things out. Um, you guys can't see me I'm putting my hands in front of my face and doing kind of strange movements but um, you can pull things out and manipulate them in three dimensions It's really cool so we were using that in um,
2: the current rotation right. earth and that has really helped conceptualize some really big things like the layers of the earth that you can't necessarily see mm-hmm. uh, and now they can see it virtually and take them apart and then oh. see how they fit back together
0: How is it staffed, and do they have to become experts in these topics, or...? We
2: do hire. They tend to be high school students for eight-hour-a-week positions called hands-on technology mentors, I think is the the title. So they are not experts. I am not an expert, and I also staff the space sometimes. But we are really good at giving customer service and asking great questions and helping the learner decide what they what their pathway is in the space. And so usually what happens, at least when I'm interacting with kids, is they'll ask me why, and then I ask it right back. Well, why do you think that? Uh, And then they're more um, likely to pursue that a little bit further. So we do offer training, especially with equipment. That can be a learning curve, but we haven't really had many issues. We've seen actually mentors really blossom in that space. Um, They love interacting with all different patrons who come in there. And again, it comes back to that customer service aspect of it.
1: And Amy's got the the best job in in the world of libraries Mm -hmm. because she gets to learn a new hobby every three to four months. I do, yeah. It's fascinating. But but I think this is a really important concept to get across to whomever might be listening, Mm -hmm. that um, you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be a mentor. And a mentor is somebody who goes by the side and learns with the person. So libraries really need to get past the concept of I need to know every little bit of this instead of, like, how does a 3D printer work? I don't know. Let's look it up and find out. What do you think? So it's a it's an important concept and awesome. one that we're embracing.
0: Yeah, right. Is this a huge expenditure for you or...?
1: I don't have a specific budget for the boombox, mm-hmm. but Amy basically tells me what she wants, and I try to find money. Right. Um, but we do have a, a kind of an experimental budget of about $12,000 a year. A significant portion of that does go to the boombox, but it also funds... Many other things like digital media labs and other things like that. So it's not all for the boombox, right. but Amy's great at finding stuff that we can reuse. Right. And we're, we've only been doing this for a year and a half, so now we're going to start bringing things back. So we foresee the budget actually going down, okay. um, because we're going to have we have a stockpile of equipment. So and a lot of this the boombox was originally started. We were hoping to get the junior high kids because mm-hmm. the junior high kids they needed. This, this sort of room, and that, though it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, junior high kids age out after a yes. couple of years, so we can bring the same thing right. back. And it makes it easier have for them. to teach
0: it. Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: That's how we're going to get our baby librarians. We're going to get them right. in, and then there we're going to get there, and then they'll go yeah. to college and still work for us. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we'll, they'll we'll go to library school. And, mm-hmm. and then they'll yeah, be our the bosses. Circle is
0: complete. Yeah.
2: Yes. Right. One of our mentors does call himself a baby librarian or a librarian in training, <laughs> and right. he's...
1: He, in high school. He's going to do
2: great things. For more of the consumables, we are pretty lucky to either use like random things you're going to recycle. So we do a call to staff. For textiles, almost all of the fabric and yarn was donated by either staff or community members. And that really made a difference. So that's why we could afford to buy the, the stuffing for all the pillows that were being made. Um, So we do get donations quite frequently as well.
1: This is something Amy's done really well, is shared ownership of the space. The space is not just ours. Other people, like Shauna Anderson was a huge part of this as well. She's our young adult supervisor. She wrote the original plan for it and everything, so she's fantastic. We get yarn, we get stuff from the community, because the community owns this space as much as we do, and their suggestions are taken to heart. And staff love it. They get to run sessions in it, so... Mm -hmm. It's easy to get donations when they're donating to themselves.
0: How did the idea for the boombox come about?
1: Shauna Anderson, who I mentioned, um, and I watched a webinar about a grant on the Sparks grant from IMLS. And this is an idea that I had for a while. I was like, at Oak Park, there's something called the Idea Box. And it, what it was is a rotating kind of art display once a month. And I was like, well, art's cool, but I would rather do a rotating STEM because there's much more win in STEM, I think, for our future. And so I and I just happened to mention this to Shauna, like, this is a really cool idea I've had. Maybe we should pursue it. And Shauna, was, she wrote up a grant. It was beautiful. And like she incorporated all the, the crazy ideas I had. And so sadly, we didn't get it. And then Amy came on board about that time and became her job was to get this going and make it fantastic.
0: So for anybody who's listening, what would your advice be? We really look at
2: the boombox as more of a concept than a physical space. The
0: learning that's happening can happen
2: anywhere. And- I do strongly feel that having a mentor or a staff person available has made the difference for us, particularly to help learners acknowledge their curiosity and encourage them that it's okay to try something that maybe they're not going to be good at the first time, because I wasn't good at it the first time either, and reassuring them that this is a safe space, this is non-judgmental. we really just want you to try and explore. Um, and maybe get a little messy sometimes too. The physical space where that happens can be scaled to anything. It can be at a table, it can be outside. We do some of our learning experiences outside as well. But a lot of people have asked like, well, don't you want more than this box sized room? And I personally don't because it's such a, an intimate learning experience then that you are facilitating for a person who might be shy, who might be scared, who might not speak the same language as you um, because of our community demographics. So really, it's more of the people who are making this possible than the equipment and the space.
1: Yeah, to echo Amy, it's a mindset. The boombox is a mindset. So you have to just go in thinking, like, how can you take your space and reevaluate for what the maximum amount of learning per square foot? The boombox for, for our school equity library, for the hours it's open, the learning that takes place by a square foot mm-hmm. is massive compared to some of our shelves. When you think of it in those terms... Like your reference collection, it takes up yay amount of space. Maybe most people, we still have a big reference collection, but many people don't. So if you're counting that, that space, how much learning is taking place? And that's just in case learning versus active learning. And we all know that active learning is a much more connected active learning for that matter. is a much more profound learning experience which sticks with people for life.
2: We do have a a webpage as part of our website that you can see what the current rotation is, what the hours are, Um, and then on our Flickr account, there are photographs from past rotations, the drop-in hours, as well as uh, staff-guided classes and, and programs. Do you have any last thoughts? The fear of approaching STEM or STEAM because you are not an expert. I have a chemistry degree, and honestly, like, it is real-life experience that has helped me succeed in this position and the willingness to learn, and like Mick said, learn alongside people. We are doing that together as well. So you don't necessarily have to have a lesson plan to execute these things or have these like really concrete concepts that you want your learners to go away with. It's going to happen a little bit more organically, and then it's more powerful and has a greater impact.
1: My last thought is that don't do this alone. Yeah. You need to get your administrative buy-in. You need your manager to be on your team because if you're alone and just doing this, it's fine. I mean, that's an okay experience. So if that's if that's your reality, then okay, do what you can. But if you can get your get your manager get and get your peers involved, it might take some time. It might take some effort, but it will pay more dividends in the end.
0: Thank you to Amy Holcomb, experiential learning coordinator, and Mick Jacobson, manager of learning experiences at the Skokie, Illinois Public Library. ¶¶